We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update with the stories, stats, headlines, and rumors people are talking about to get you caught up on all things regarding the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Rotating guests with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, presented by DraftKings, begins now. What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome into today's episode of KCS and Update presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Super excited to be back with another week of episodes for you guys here. Today, I've got a banger of an episode. I don't know if you've been seeing it around on Twitter. It's been going around a lot on my timeline. The East-West Shrine Bowl is moving from Las Vegas, Nevada to the DFW Dallas Frisco area. Uh, they're going to be working out at the Star Great, phenomenal facility. So I had to get the director of the East-West Shrine Bowl, Eric Galco, on today's podcast to talk about that move and also, you know, all of the Shrine Bowl players that they have now on the Kansas City Chiefs and kind of what he saw from them early on and share some great stories about Isaiah Pacheco and uh, Nico Romero. There's going to be some great stories that we're going to hear trickling out of camp, out of mandatory mini camp that started on Tuesday but also just these stories hearing up now leading up to uh, some great stories. Even today, Eric Prince has some great stories Eric shares as well. So very excited to, for you guys to hear my conversation with Eric, one of my absolute favorite people uh, to just uh, just chop it up with. Uh, so one of, one of my favorite guys there, but I appreciate him taking some time out of uh, a big announcement day. Honestly, a big announcement for the East West Shrine Bowl moving from Vegas to Dallas and uh, having a new location for, for here on out. So, very excited for that conversation. But first, if you don't know, make sure uh, go check out the description of this podcast. You can see uh, a link to our page where you can go sign up for the KCSN Golf Tournament. That is going to be July 29th at Sunflower Hills Golf Course in Bonner Springs, Kansas. There's going to be tacos. There's going to be bourbon. Shout out to Holiday Distillery for the bourbon mission taco joint for the tacos. It's going to be a great time. So go find that link download to uh, subscribe. There's going to be a whole lot of fun. There's going to be giveaways. There's going to be swag. There's going to be a chance for one golfer to hit a shot for $1 million. So you don't want to miss out. $500 per foursome. Go check that out in the link in the description. A lot of cool stuff coming up with KCSN. That's July 29th. Mark that down on your calendar. Make sure you remember July 29th. 
for the KCSN Golf Tournament, the second annual one benefiting the KCSN Foundation. We do a lot of cool stuff there. Uh, the My First Game campaign is one of the coolest things we do with the Boys and Girls Club of Kansas City. Uh, we send uh, kids who have never been to Arrowhead before, we give them their first experience at Arrowhead. Because, uh, you know, everybody knows how special that experience is. We also do the Feed It Forward campaign with Hope Faith and Kids City with Homeless Shelter. Uh, and also the toy drive as well with Operation Breakthrough during Christmas time. One of my, my listen, I love all the things that we do with the KCSM Foundation. It's super, super cool, super fun. But uh, before we get into the conversation, I wanted to give a little bit of a rundown of what happened to Mandatory Minicamp. Chris Jones was not there. I know a lot of people speculated if he was going to be there or not. Posted a few cryptic things on his Instagram story, but was not in attendance on day one of Mandatory Minicamp for the Kansas City Chiefs. Listen, oh, not the end of the world, still June. No one should hit the panic button. Uh, Chris will probably take a little bit of fines here and there if it's going to help him get some leverage and get some money that he wants to get. So I wouldn't fret quite yet. I'm not smacking the panic button. It's okay. It'll be okay. Chris Jones not in attendance on day one. A couple of other players not in attendance. Blake Bell of of, of note and uh, Jerk McKinnon as well, not in attendance as well. A couple of players were working back from injury but were in attendance, but not the end of the world, okay? Not the end of the world, trust me. We'll be all right. Chris Jones, just working through some stuff. If he's not there tomorrow or today, it's okay. Uh, it, it'll be it'll be okay. We're not, these aren't won in June. These contract battles aren't won in June. Uh, so he's entering the last year of a four-year $80 million contract that he did sign in 2020. I believe it was right after the Patrick Mahomes deal or either right before. They are right around the same time. Um, that same offseason, I believe they extended Travis Kelsey. They extended Travis Jones or Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, and they also extended Patrick Holmes. So <laughs> an incredible offseason for Brett Veach and company getting all those contracts done. But uh, don't fret. That's what I'm here to tell you. He didn't show up, but it's okay. It is okay. All right, now let's get into the conversation I had with Eric Galco. Here is the director of the East West Shrine Bowl, Eric Galco. All right, Eric, thanks for uh, taking some time, hanging out with me here on today's KCS and update, talking some East-West Shrine Bowl. I'm sure you've been busy. A new announcement coming out from the East-West Shrine Bowl. If you haven't seen it already, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on with the Shrine Bowl? No, we're super excited. We've had uh, the last two years we've been in Las Vegas. Las Vegas was an awesome home for the East-West Shrine Bowl. We loved our time there, and we had a chance to play in Allegiant Stadium, one of the nicest facilities, nice stadiums in the NFL, the Raiders facility, one of the nicest practice facilities. And after two years, we wanted to kind of reconsider uh, other opportunities out there. Obviously, the growth of the game, um, I'm very happy to say, has let a lot of cities and a lot of areas want to have the game. And um, we were thrilled to uh, speak with the, the city of Dallas and the city of Frisco about having the Shrine Bowl there. They're one of our finalists even two years ago before moving to Vegas. And the opportunity for us to practice and play in the Star, which is the Cowboys facility, which them and the Raiders, probably the two nicest in the NFL, and get a chance to have our players be there and our continued focus on player health, wellness, and enjoyment. You know, as great as the event was in Las Vegas, I think we did a best-in-class event there for every facet, NFL teams, media, players, agents, et cetera. I honestly believe strongly that uh, the Dallas area is even better. And, and we had success in, the, in Las Vegas. We've had growth every year. So hopefully people trust me that to move that momentum to Dallas, it's for a really good reason. We're really excited to be in Dallas and Frisco. For sure, that's a question I wanted to ask you too. Is that a lot of people will see Las Vegas, Nevada, on the the where the East West Shrine Bowl is, and be like, "That's a that's a destination that's that awesome. people want to go yeah. to." Yeah, and uh, us being there both years that it was there was a great time. We had a great time out there in Vegas. 
not only because of the event, but also just being in Vegas. So, oh, I know, I know, you guys had a good time in Vegas. <laughs> so why why moving? Uh, I know that 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 yeah, that's it, was just people... it was very selfish for me. It was very selfish for me to move from Vegas for everyone's business expenses. No, um, I think for me, uh, and I think for us in the Shrine Bowl is is first going Dallas. I think it was a better chance than we could have in Vegas, to be honest, of, of building a great community, right? And the city of Dallas and Fresco, one of the areas that they said they want to be good partners with us is is kind of have the Shrine Bowl be Dallas, Texas, and the state of Texas's all-star game, which for a lot of reasons, high school engagement, local community, um, Jerry and Stephen Jones and that whole Cowboys group is great at kind of working with companies they work with on a close basis and promoting them. And then obviously all the great colleges and universities in the Dallas and greater Texas area, I think it created opportunity for us to kind of build some of the momentum, but also kind of the cohesion of the local community. And Las Vegas is great, but I think people kind of think of Las Vegas more of the, as a stop and a destination, whereas Dallas can really be a home for us long-term, we hope. You talk about that star facility that they have in, in oh. Frisco, and, and I've heard many great things about yeah. the star. Uh, hopefully, I get to get, we'll, we'll obviously get to see it soon. Uh, up in up in Frisco, but what was something about just that location? You kind of talked about Dallas already, kind of as, as trying to grow that community there. But what about the facilities there? Because you you talked yeah. about uh, the the Raiders having you know, state of the art facilities. They had just opened oh, that yeah. practice facility, uh, a facility that is ahead of its time. It seems very futuristic when you walk into the Allegiant Stadium. You're like, wow, this is it's crazy. What what wanted you like what what about the facilities draws you think yeah. will help draw players in there? Yeah, I mean, I think. You know, first, I think what I've learned about this job, which I'm very thankful for, is is players talk. And I yeah. think I know, I don't think I know we focus. I focus a lot of my time on making sure players enjoy themselves, feel um, rested and recovered while they're there, feel healthy when they leave. And one of the areas to do that, we have many areas we do that, but one of the big areas is playing on an NFL facility, NFL surface. And we're the only all-star game in an NFL facility, and not only just in any facility, Again, Dallas and Las Vegas probably consider the two best facilities in the entire NFL. So I think we're we're able to kind of be there every day for practice and the game. Um, it's a facility that's easy to get to for everyone who's coming in from all across the country. You'll have plenty of opportunities to kind of be there. And the the area around the star is restaurants, things to do, yeah. et cetera, too. Our hotel is three and a half minutes away. I'm getting in shape, Tucker. I may start running to and from practice yeah. hotel to kind of show people how close it is. So it's that close and that tight of a facility. I think for us, making the event even more compact, but also in a great area, great community. And again, the facility, our players are going to practice where Dak Prescott, CD Lamb practice. So if it's good enough for the billion-dollar Dallas Cowboys, multi-billion-dollar Dallas Cowboys, and their 20, 30, $40 million a year players to practice every day on there, it's going to be certainly good enough for our players to be at their best all week long. You talk about the Jones family as well, kind of a uh, pioneer. Yeah. Well known, well known. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a, a big family, you could say. Uh, yeah, they they've made it a destination not only for people uh, like as yourself for for all star games for athletes getting there and training, but you mentioned there's restaurants, there's hotels. It's like a it's like a whole destination to go yeah. and like yeah. it. You'll have crazy. plenty of fun, Tucker. You'll have plenty of fun when you're down there. I promise. It's not going to be left out. We'll find you a casino if that's what you need to. Yeah. But the benefit is that. Like it's, it's able to really build, people are going to feel between practice, between events, everyone who comes down there, hopefully, you know, every major media organization comes down, fans, agents, et cetera, too, will come down there. It's going to be, I think because everything's so close together, it's going to be so low stress. Hey, practice is done. We got two hours. We can go to any restaurant within a three minute walk and be happy and be able to go to the hotel afterwards and shower and change and get ready to go. It's going to be, I think, really low stress for everybody involved too, which is really important, not just for our players, which is my main focus, but everyone involved because the more focused you are, the more relaxed you are, the more the content's going to be great. The opportunities going to be great too. The interviews are going to be great. 
and so on and so forth too. So along with the players, which I never shy away from, players are number one in my book, even over NFL teams in terms of their enjoyment. But I think we've done a, hopefully a good job allowing media to uh, to get great access to players and, and great for an interview time too. And we'll make that even better this year with our facilities. And we can speak to that firsthand too at KC Sports Summer. We had some interviews with some players the Chiefs have drafted, which Eric and I will talk about here in a little bit. But yeah. Eric, the real reason that we that I got you down on this podcast was to make sure that you you knew that I needed places to go. Right? Yeah, I needed to be entertained. 100%. So, okay, good. Yeah. I, I'm glad I got that question answered. Uh, I will be entertained, but yes. uh, very excited. It's a, it's a lot shorter of a drive Dallas to Kansas City than Dallas to uh, Las Vegas. So. I thought of you guys. I thought of you guys for the move. Do we consider Kansas City? But outside of that, Dallas was number two after that for your guys' sole yeah. ability to be, you know, e- easy going. So I appreciate that. So let's let's talk a little bit about the Chiefs draft class because yeah, listen, they hammered Shrine Bowl players not in the draft yeah. and in the uh, undrafted free agent market. I know us here at Casey's Sports Network, big Keandre Coburn fans. Uh, what yeah. what do you see from uh, Keandre and what kind of he can bring at the next level? You know, I think it's always interesting to me when guys who are leaders and outspoken kind of fit to the NFL because obviously Keandre grew into that role in college and he's still that yeah. person right now. And obviously he's going to be a rookie and a guy on a Super Bowl team who's so got to kind of pick his spots. But I think you'll you'll see him, I'm sure, as being a guy players gravitate to. Um, and I think that gravity as far as a person also fits on the field as well too because he's going to be really tough to move and allow other players to be successful. That's one thing he did at a really high level at Texas is allow not just linebackers to blitz in the A-gap or B-gap around him, but also his fellow defensive tackles, Moro Jomo playing the Shrine Bowl. Guys like him in Texas has two more guys this year at D-tackle as well that he was setting up for success a year ago. So I think that's where he's really focused is setting guys up. And I think he's a, he's a big guy, and his focus is going to be on containing a gap, winning consistently, having a high motor. But he's a guy that can finish in the backfield too. And I think that's one area I, I hope he's going to work on over the course of his rookie year into year two because when you're that big, just taking out space and having a good motor is enough. But I know, and I think the Chiefs probably know too, that, hey, if they can get him a little bit better as a pass rusher, he's already there in college. The NFL level is a different story with the kind of mobile quarterbacks he's going to go against. Even guys like Justin Herbert are hard to bring down in space. But if he could add that one error to his repertoire, which is also what guys like Jordan Davis for the Eagles, the first-round pick is also working on, when guys that big can finish in the backfield, that's when that next step will happen too. So I, I think he'll have every chance to be a long-term starter in Kansas City at that nose I know speaking for us personally, we were a little surprised to see him fall all the way to the sixth round. Eric, I don't oh, know yeah. about about your thoughts too, just well, like on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, nose tackles are becoming a position where not every team needs and values in that way. It's it's different a little way, a little bit to kicker, but similar to kicker. If you don't need a kicker, they're off your board. If you don't need a nose tackle that year, you don't really have two of those guys on your roster for too long, right? So that's kind of where it happens. We saw a guy two years ago, Marquand McCall, who oh, yeah. had been a day three pick, and he went undrafted because, hey – you know, the four teams in the nose tackles took their guys, and he was the odd man out. I think for Keandre, he could have went third round. He couldn't sixth round. I knew it was going to be a crazy day, and I think thankful for him. He had just had the birth of his child as well for thereafter, mm-hmm. so he was thankfully like, hey, he he was lucking the right things, and just being drafted alone, I was happy for him too. Yeah, very excited for him. Uh, very excited to see what he can do, especially in a position where Chiefs need a little bit of help at in the, de- yeah. in the interior defensive line. They just had Derek Nadi re-sign, but only a one-year deal, so... Uh, hopefully this is a building block piece for the future. I'm sure it will be a uh, building block piece for the future. But that's not the only guy, even on the defensive line, that the that the Chiefs chipped in as the Shrine Bowl yeah. hole, you could say. Uh, B.J. Thompson, one guy that when we were there and we were watching practice, he jumped off at, in the field. Just his athleticism, the spin move he did, I think it's been tweeted out so many times by us at Casey Sports Network. 
uh, and just the Shrine Blights, I believe, tuned it out as well. You yeah. yourself, uh, what did you see from uh, BJ Thompson, like a guy from Stephen F. Austin? Uh, I know a lot of guys, a lot of a lot of people aren't watching Stephen F. Austin football on Sunday. I know he played at Baylor for a little bit, but what did you see in him to make him uh, reach out and invite to him? No, he's a guy that was on our Shrine Bowl 1000 in our preseason watch list, and he's a guy that we we watched week zero, I think, against Austin P. So he's been on our radar for sure um, all season and before then, too. And part of it's because we knew his background, his pedigree, but also we knew the athletic ability and we saw the production, and those kind of guys are just hard to find. I, I joke sometimes. Sometimes scouting is, is, is difficult to get right. Sometimes it's pretty easy to kind of not screw up too much. It's like, hey, that guy is tall, long, productive, and has freaky athleticism. I don't know where he's going to get drafted, but he's going to go somewhere. I think that's what B.J. Thompson was. But I think the most impressive thing that hopefully Chiefs fans can appreciate something NFL scouts and myself always look for is, can he get better? And B.J.'s a guy that added about 50 pounds between the start of his senior year and now being in Chiefs camp. And he hasn't lost athletic ability. And his pass rush repertoire, I think, is a bit limited. He hasn't. He's probably got three of nine possible moves in his arsenal right now, but he added two of them in the draft process as well. So I think for a guy like him, you know, he's a little bit older for a developmental or project kind of guy, but he's so long and athletic, he's going to help you on special teams, on field goal block, and then maybe you know three, four snaps a game by midseason. But I think by the end of the year, he'll be ready to go. He's a smart kid who wants to kind of get in the field as soon as possible. I think by playoff time, he can be part of your rotation. And I think long-term, he's got a ton of upside to, at worst, be a three-special-teams guy and be a rotational defensive lineman and potentially much more with that athletic ability. Very excited about to see what they can do with him, as you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, another another year with uh, a year to get him uh, developed in this offensive line to learn from guys like Charles Amina, who could be really big for him. Chris yeah. Jones, a guy uh, like that, too. And especially, they've got a lot of young guys on the defensive line, a guy who I think is not really expected to come in and contribute a whole lot. I think that'll help him, especially in the development, to, to not have so much expectation on him. Uh, but very excited to see what he can kind of do with, with Joe Cullen, and especially with, a, with the leaps and bounds that you saw from the Chiefs defensive line last year with Joe Cullen. See what kind of Joe Cullen can do there, because he's not the traditional Spags type end. But I think that Joe Cullen uh, liked him enough to, you know, want to spend a pick on him. Yeah, for sure. You got you guys have taught me a lot about Joe Cohen and that defensive line and the Spags prototype. But you got you can everyone is like drilling me home on that too. So I know the Spags prototype as well too. I know that BJ Thompson will work his butt out to fit that prototype because I know it's so important for you guys and your precious prototype at D line. Listen, we just we we don't we don't care about the prototype. We just no, we you just guys see care. It. Yeah, you guys they, you guys care more than the Chiefs do apparently. I think too. So just, I think so. That might be true. Let's see. Um, that might be well. We'll talk some more Shrine Bowl uh, guys who, who are coming to Kansas City. We'll talk a little bit more. we got to take a break first. got to pay some bills, but we'll be right back after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, hanging out here with Eric Gauco, director of the East-West Ramble. Eric, has it calmed down a little bit? When does your busy season start for the for the East-West Ramble? I'm 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 a workaholic, so it's technically like never really stopped. Honestly, the, the easiest time for me was probably probably during March and April, as crazy as that sounds. We're still doing stuff, but I'm focused on helping and talking to our players, which I view as like not really work, right? I was able to kind of like shed some light on these guys and really by like the middle part of April, there's not a whole lot I can do to help these guys get drafted earlier. You know, sometimes in March and April, I can help these guys interview prep or talk about what to focus on or help NFL teams kind of understand who these guys are. So I think March and April are probably my slowest times, but no, we, we released the Shrine Bowl 1000 in, in July, which is a thousand players. We've evaluated, written up, verified who they are. And there's, probably 2,000 more on top of that that we've already evaluated as well that we got to kind of cut to that 1,000 list. So we, we've been working on that since January of, of mm-hmm. this year during Shrine Bowl week and then all up till now too. And I'm you know I'm thankful to kind of be able to go to a lot of colleges and speak to their players and uh, meet with a lot of programs this time of year too. So not a real slow season for us and certainly with the announcement, it hasn't been slow for a while too. So I'll get my rest in, in March, April and then watch these guys get drafted again in 2024. Love to see it. I'm very excited. Yeah. And I know I've kind of started kind of looking ahead at the college football season, looking at some of these guys that, that could be uh, potential uh, game busters, game game yeah. playmakers for, for these uh, yeah. programs as we start to gear up towards college football season. But uh, Nick Jones was the other guy that the Chiefs drafted in the draft from, from the Shrine Bowl. Uh, I know a guy that when he was drafted, I think a lot of people made a, a lot about his, his special teams ability and maybe not as much as his coverage ability that he does have. Uh, in the tweet that you made about him, he's a physical premier cornerback, and and you could see that in practice from day one at the East West Shrine Bowl. Hundred percent, he showed that all all week long, and and really all season long in his senior season. I think you know for a guy like Nick, his ability to be physical in college, there were probably six seven snaps his senior year that he'd want back, but that's when you get up at a physical corner, and that's why I think NFL teams like that he didn't really mind. Uh, you know, being aggressive all the time too. And he's a guy that's still getting better, still developing, coming from a Mac program. He's going to make a big leap by year two in the NFL. I think he's a guy that I hope he doesn't play too, too much outside of special teams. He gets a chance to really hone his skills because they got a lot of good young corners in Kansas City. I think for a guy like Nick, just to kind of be around the talent they have there for a year is going to help him immensely too. But physical, confident, aggressive, can be a great tackler can finish downfield. I think the week at the Shrine Bowl really helped him, too. He really only slipped in the draft to the seventh round. I thought he was going to be more of a fourth, fifth round guy based on his body type. It's just because he didn't run at his pro day all that well, which I think was a bummer. And that's just one of the difficulties with the draft process that you have kind of one bad day. You're not at your best, and people judge you on it forever. So I think for me, that was part of my March and April is telling teams like, hey, 
check the GPS numbers from the school. Don't overthink this, right? He's, he's not at some sort of slow corner. He is a good athlete. You could see it on film. I think the Chiefs were one of those teams for sure that said, hey, we know the kind of athlete that he is and can be. So I think he's a guy that I hope gets a chance to develop for this first year. Again, the Chiefs' depth at corner makes that luxury picks probably too generous, but they don't need him right now until maybe late season come playoff time, barring injuries, and I hope he gets that chance to develop. Because I think by year two, year three, you see a guy that has the traits, the body types, the physicality to develop into a top three corner on most NFL teams. I think he has that upside potential. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what he can do and, and add to the Chiefs. But, uh, you know, I think some of the, some of the Chiefs' kingdom, especially, you know, as we're getting mandatory minicamp started and underway, a lot of Chiefs' kingdom has been very excited uh, about Daenerys Prince. Um, I've seen yeah. some people call him the next Isaiah Pacheco. I know you're very high on Daenerys Prince. I think well. I said that. I think I think I'm people Tucker. I think I'm the people that are saying that. Well, you on your tweet you said Pacheco like running back. Uh, but I've seen I've seen multiple people say like, well, hey, this guy's the next. I I yeah. <laughs> They're all copying you. You're a trendsetter. That's it. That's, it. That's, it. Uh, That's it. I was first. Yeah, you were first on it, but no, he's he's a lot like him, man. I mean, yeah. I know even if you go to Math Bomb, um, my uh, my guy Ken Platt, right? Like you compare those two guys on there, they're identical, and I think, I think Pacheco was probably, not probably, definitely because he's one of the best in the NFL. Just being like, a, doesn't give a crap about contact and will fight through anything. I think that he's pretty special in that area. Prince isn't any softy, by the way, but that's Pacheco's like real, I think, special skill set. I think Prince probably has more lateral juice and upside there, and out of the backfield too. As a pass catcher, showed that in Shrine Bowl week too. But yeah. I, I, you know, the Chiefs running back, I'll defer to you guys on how they're going to work that room. But having two basically change of pace right when the defense gets a little tired you can put Pacheco in there or Daneric Prince I mean defense are gonna have a tough time bringing that guy down when they're a little bit tired that's what I think Daneric Prince can bring to them as a rookie but body type athleticism 40 time all that stuff yeah man he's he's very Pacheco like if not Pacheco very much like I'm very excited to see you you said you'd defer to me about the running back room listen yeah. I don't think we know what's going to happen with the running back room. <laughs> They've got so many different things that they can do. Jarek McKinnon yeah. coming back, signing that one-year deal, and they obviously got Clyde uh, back for another year. Isaiah Pacheco was a huge hit and a huge success. Uh, I, I'm curious, Eric, as as a, like, as a guy who you know invited him to the Shrine Bowl, he shows up the Shrine Bowl, how does that make you feel to see a guy like that go in and have such a big year in his first year after going to your All-Star game? It was awesome. And it, you know, one thing I'm very conscious of is, and I, I think – in my job and running an all-star game, some people want to kind of claim credit, just like anybody in everyone's position, right? Hey, I, I, this me, this is me. And I think I got like Pacheco, you know, I'll take the credit in that we liked him all year. He was part of our first round of invites back then. We had no reservation being a player. In fact, I was shocked. He went seventh round, not just off film, but after the combine. Um, but I think what I learned about Pacheco uh, in the draft process in a season season, and then um, at the shrine bowl was just his, his ability to kind of like get rid of everything else doesn't matter and just be focused on the task at hand and playing in the NFL. That's all he cared about. He told me back in late fall of that year, like, I don't care where I get drafted, man. I'm going to go. And he actually played in the Hula Bowl, which is game before the Shrine Bowl, with a lot of players will say no on the Hula Bowl and go to the Shrine Bowl. And he's like, no, nah, I made a commitment. I'm good. I'll just, just play two weeks. And like for him, it was so casual. It's not, he's different than like Jokic, who just won the NBA title, but very similar in sense, like, I know the job at hand. I'm just going to do this job. And then when we finish, we'll win a championship. I think that's where. Isaiah's mentality really is. So I hope he doesn't change. I hope he's that same guy the rest of his career because he's a guy that, you know, even me not being an athlete, I'm just like, yeah, just just do your job and it's all going to work out. And just that's what's going to happen. That's why I think Pacheco is too. So seeing him and knowing him as a person for that, you know, two, three month period, we had a chance to spend a lot of time together before and then during the Shrine Bowl week. He and Brock put a couple guys in hindsight, I've learned 
that's the kind of person that you guys want to, anybody wants to invest in as a player. Brock Purdy, Isaiah mm-hmm. Pacheco, they're different people, but I learned like next time I see an next Pacheco, I'm not going to be even at all pessimistic, just like I wasn't with Isaiah. I remember when we talked to Brock Purdy too, um, and one of the interviews we have, I don't think we put it out on the KC Sports Network channel, but one of the first interviews we did at the Shrine Bowl, and we talked to him, and he's like, yeah, I don't really know where I'm going to go, but I'm just going to go, and I'm just going to, yeah. uh, he's going to go, and he's going to do his job, and that's the same thing with Pacheco. I remember we saw, we didn't have him on our list initially when we were uh, coming to Vegas, right? The Rutgers running back doesn't yeah. seem very, uh, very sexy to talk to, yeah. but when we went to that first day of practice and we saw him run down the sideline we're like oh we got to talk to this guy uh he, yeah. he's a, he's a good one to talk to yeah no i mean after that week of practice he was awesome he did some stuff out of the backfield obviously he's still getting better yep. there and we'll continue to get better that the chiefs are gonna want to get the ball in his hands as much as possible i'm sure over time um but again i i was just the that like the chief stole him in the seventh round like towards the end of the seventh round too i mean he's that kind of person interview wise he's that kind of player on film he's got that toughness you want as a running back then he runs a four three nine. Yeah, I just again, I'm not trying to judge teams. Like, what the hell are you doing, letting that guy fall to the seventh round? Like, I don't care how much running backs are value. That guy's always going to stick. And I think the Chiefs, like they usually do, the last couple of years, they've really hit on some of these day three picks to be rotational guys, if not much, much more. Like Isaiah. Absolutely. There's one more guy I want to talk about that the Chiefs uh, undrafted picked up, but uh, we got to take one more break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about it. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hanging out with Eric Galco here, director of the East West Shrine Bowl. Recently moved to Dallas. Uh, are you calling it Dallas? Are you calling it Frisco? What are you? What? What's the exact area? It's Frisco. Called? I mean, I mean, if if you put Dallas in your GPS, you're going to get in the wrong place. So it is Frisco. But the city of Dallas and Frisco are both kind of our partners on this. Right. That's Frisco. Frisco. Okay. Um, wasn't sure uh, what exactly that Frisco. There you go. Shameless plug. Uh, for the DFW area, very big there fan of that. Uh, we just area, cast that wide net. Yeah, cast of five regions. Yeah, I enjoyed it. The couple times I've been down there, I went to the uh, TCU K State uh, Big Twelve Championship. Yeah, good game. It was a, it was a very good game to uh, to be in attendance of. Really, had a fun time. But uh, I want to talk about Truman Jones. Okay. Um, I don't know if I got one more guy. I got one more guy after Truman Jones. I want to talk about too. But we'll do Truman first. Okay, right. let's do Truman Jones first. What yeah. uh, you you talk about a guy, a Harvard Edge, um, yeah. a, a guy coming out of Harvard. Again, not a lot of people are watching Harvard football on Saturdays. I don't know if oh, you yeah. can oh, watch yeah. Harvard football on the public on Saturdays, but what was it about Truman Jones that stuck out? Truman Jones, you know, we had 15 players that were not invited to the NFL Combine that were drafted, um, which I'm very proud of. Wow. One being BJ, right? So that that hopefully is a sign that our staff, and I give all credit to our staff there, they did an awesome job, and a lot of our area scouts who saw me in the NFL this year and moving forward had a lot of conviction. But I'm taking Truman Jones because I live in Boston. I went to Harvard practices and I went to the Harvard Princeton game uh, to go really to go focus on uh, the uh, Yoshibash receiver from Princeton. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I'm, you know, being a good scout, trying to be a good scout, not just going there for one guy. So I took my notes and I go over, I guess it had to be October at this point, early October. And I walk over to the Harvard sideline to get some body type stuff. And I had this Jones number and I think I forget what number he was. Um, and I'm like, who the hell is this Greek god of a person? Um, and I obviously like, all right, I'm going to watch him and I'm watching Yoshivash and obviously receivers that, you know, the Princeton offense doing a lot of stuff. So it's not all passing them all too. I end up watching 
pretty much everyone at Truman Jones' snaps. And between seeing that body type, and when a guy's that big, you're thinking like, all right, small school guy, great body type, like plays like Jane, probably a bit stiff. And that's not Truman. Truman's not stiff at all. He is very physical. And I was able to sit and, and Harvard's press this is a long story. Sorry, Tucker. And Harvard's press box is open. It's just like I'm here. And then there's a, it's, I'm at like a wooden seat. I'm eating like a bag of chips they gave me. No offense, Harvard. And then I got the I got the Harvard defensive coordinator behind me and I can hear him. And he's just yelling. He's in the booth yelling down the phone. He's like, oh, can I curse? Oh, shit. Like, it's whatever. And he's like panicking a little bit, being like, how are we going to stop this Prince and offense and all these things? And every other play, he's just like, make a play, Truman, make a play, Truman. All right, nice job, Truman. And Truman's a guy that's their pass rusher. He's stopping the mobile quarterback. He's also being optioned all the time. And he's playing that right, too. And I'm just like, this guy, it's cliche, but he's clearly smart as a defensive player, obviously, a Harvard guy. He can bend, he's physical. And I was really sold right then and there. I have a text. I, I text my director of college. And I'm like, hey, at some point, Truman Jones is going to get by to the Shrine Bowl. It's just going to happen because I know who this kid is. I think he played in the NFL. And I don't care if every NFL scout doesn't like him. And I'll tell you, Tucker, I probably talked to 20 teams over the next week and a half. Not a single team had higher than just a, like somewhere between a free agent and mini camp grade on him. Oh, wow. And I said, F it. We're inviting him. And we invited him in early November, part of our second wave of invites. Um, and I think he had a great chance to be drafted. I know he was in consideration for the Chiefs to be drafted in the seventh round, but I think after the Shrine Bowl and his whole draft process at his pro day I was at too, I think he showed NFL teams that, again, sometimes scouting's not that hard. He's smart, he's physical, he's athletic, and he's been productive at the FCS level. Those guys have a good chance to make it. So I, I think Ch- Truman Jones is a guy, being an undrafted guy, I'm sure he and BJ are going to fight out for some roster spot and maybe some time too, but no matter what, both those guys have plenty of room to get better. No, I love that story. That's uh, yeah. I've never heard of that before. It's a, it's a real scout story, Tucker. It's a real scout just grinding away kind of story. I don't have many of those these days, but that's one of mine. It's uh, it's going to be one of my favorites. I'm going to keep it close to the chest because I, I love <laughs> it. Uh, but no, I, I think it's uh, very exciting, obviously, with the draft and everything. People are very excited in Kansas City, especially with uh, minicamp, mandatory minicamp starting. And uh, and Chris Jones not holding out. But I want to get to your last guy. Who, who, yeah, one more guy. Yeah. I want to forget too. The one guy, Nico Remigio. Yes, yes. The M is silent, not Remigio. People are going to say Remigio the whole time until he's a star. But he is a guy that unfortunately got hurt in training about three days before coming to the Shrine Bowl. Um, but he was able to interview with every NFL team, came down there for the weekend. Again, thought he had a great chance to be drafted. I won't give you the whole long story, but he's a guy that the head coach, Jeff Tedford, advocated for. We're talking about all the guys. Fresno State had Jake Hayner and Jalen Cropper Moreno and Jordan, yeah. a lot of guys, but he was like, don't forget about Nico. And honestly, Coach Tedford was one of the big reasons why we decided to pull the trigger towards the end, kind of deciding on our last receiver spot when it was in, in late November. And Nico's a guy that character-wise, like, aggressively checks a box. Like, he's going to work his absolute ass off no matter what. But I say that because I heard people in Kansas City, on the team side, how well he's done. And he was one of those guys, I tell the story every year, and, and the last two years at least, you know, within three days of rookie minicamp two years ago, I got a call from the Niners, someone they're building. Hey, Brock Purdy's might start for us one day. I got a same call that that same year from the Chiefs being like, this Pacheco guy might stick. This is like third, fourth day of minicamp. I'm telling you, I got a similar type call about Nico Armijo being like, this guy's going to probably make our roster and like play this year. So I'm not trying to get you too excited, Chiefs fans, but I think they feel they really found a guy in Nico. And even if he's practice squad week one, week two, Again, I'm telling you, they may found a guy, and I I know they found a guy because he can return, 
He could be a jet sweep guy. He's a good route runner who's built like a running back. Perfect for returning, perfect for slot stuff, perfect for playing outside receiver in some situational routes. Jet sweeps, jet motions, all that stuff. I, did, I bet they use Nico Armigio at some point during his rookie season. So It's very exciting. I'm glad that you let another story, another great story uh, about tell, about getting calls. I first saw Nico or me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> dropping, dropping, I'm getting calls here, getting calls there. Not That's a big it. deal. Uh, but no, uh, mandatory minicamp underway. I'm sure we'll get to hear the slow leaks of information before training camp get here. Eric, last thing I want to get your thoughts on. Chris Jones not showing up to the first day of mandatory minicamp. Some Chiefs fans are a little worried about it. I know he's in the last year of a of a deal he signed back in 2020. Um, obviously, a man that wants to get paid. What are your thoughts on him just not showing up to day one? It seems like it's going around. A couple guys are for Congress or not too. Maybe it's just maybe just the move too. But you know, I I, I think the Chiefs are in a tough spot, right? Because they want to be able to not only short term but long term be able to afford all the great young players they've had. And obviously, Pat's contract makes it very easy to do that in the short term, right? One thing about Pat's contract is you can kind of restructure and create so much cap space, but they probably can only use that card two times in the next three, four years, yeah. right? Or else your cap is going to be too high. So I know I want to be selective on that. And I understand that piece as well too. And this is what happened, man. You're, you're, I think Chris wants a new contract. That's probably pretty clear and wants to kind of be there for the long haul and finish his career there. But I I've, I've been on over the cap and I've talked to other cap people in the NFL and they're like, Hey, you're going to, going to have to give at some point the Eagles lost Chauncey Gardner Johnson and a couple other guys this offseason and I think the Chiefs are going to have to find a way to keep Chris uh a part of their defensive line he's too important but hey you mentioned earlier man they've, they've already invested two draft picks and one undrafted free agent spot for a guy they paid you know some guaranteed money to in in the draft on the defensive line too so I think they're thinking the same thing we are which is the Chris Jones era in Kansas City may not be here for five years and hopefully here for at least a couple more years for sure Absolutely. That is Eric Galco, director of the East West Shrine Bowl. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric Galco. Uh, moving to Frisco, <laughs> we gotta get a, we gotta get me a cowboy hat. We gotta get me cowboy boots. I gotta go full out. Frisco. I've got no KS KCSN apparel, so I gotta get at least like three KCSS things first before you get anything, Tucker. I don't want to hear. Oh, I wasn't saying you gotta get them to me. I'm just saying I gotta get outfitted for Frisco. All right, well, I still want I will get stuff. you KCSN stuff. I will get yeah. you KCSN stuff. Don't I'll pull some. Don't stuff. you know the big guy? Come on, PJ. I know the owner. Um, so I will, I will pull, I will pull some strings there, Eric. Thank you for taking some time talking some Shrine Bowl. Uh, big, the big announcement. I knew I had to talk to you about it as I saw the news start to uh, triculate. Uh, so appreciate it, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. Because listen, draft season, it's all year round. It's all year round for us here at KCSN. And if you missed Eric Gacko on the KCSN draft show last year, you really missed out because it was like quite mm. it was a, it was a good treat to have Eric on that show. But I'll be back tomorrow uh, for another episode of KCS and Update. So make sure you like this video, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, also subscribe to wherever you listen to the podcast, follow us wherever you listen to the podcast, and follow us on social media at KC Sports Network. Follow myself on socials at Tucker D. Franklin. We'll be back uh, tomorrow for another episode. So until then, I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.